Okay, let me just pray for you. Yeah, Jesus, we thank you for this morning and we, we thank you that you're not finished with us yet. And we just pray for the anointing of God to be on John as he preaches today, as he shares your word, as he um, shares what he feels that you've been speaking to him. Pray that, um, that you would continue to move among us. Bless John, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Charles. It's good to be here today. It has a real family feel today, doesn't it? I think uh, part and parcel because it's, it's holiday season also, we don't have enough chairs, so it has that feel of like a Christmas family gathering. Is that why I've got to be back? And so, um, yeah, it's good. Um, I'm John, uh, for those that don't know me, um, and it's good to share our next part of the spirit in us today. Last month, Rosemary shared last month um, under the topic of Holy Spirit in me, and she shared um, about her first encounter with the Holy Spirit when she was in year 11, and uh, how that was life-changing, how that was transformational for her, that experience. We went through her life and saw how the Spirit had impacted her life, led her, gave her instruction and promises. Um, and how some of that was instant. If you remember when she spoke about the Holy Spirit coming in um, to her on, on that first occasion, the anxiety that she had was kind of left her instantly, over, overnight. Um, how the Spirit, but some of what the Spirit was doing in her was far more gradual. Um, the promises and, and the plans that the Spirit had for, that God had for her going abroad had to, had to wait some years before before it came into fruition. Um, but what was consistent was that the Spirit had been faithful, um, it was continuing to transform her, and still, I think if you speak to Rosemary now, she would say the Spirit is continually transforming her and working in her life to this day and beyond. And so that's encouraging to hear that, that from Rosemary, isn't it? That's encouraging to hear her story, her testimonies in that. And it's encouraging to read Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Um, I love that verse in the Bible. One, it, it takes a little bit of the pressure off to be the finished article, but also it's a bit of a challenge that we should be changing. We should be being transformed um, by the Spirit. Um, and I love with the, you know, the dawn of Netflix and Amazon, we start going into series. It's the kind of the, the focus has switched a little bit from films to kind of long running series. And I love the fact that then you really get to kind of invest in a character. You get to follow a character and the character change. You don't see that in films as much because it's only an hour or two of, of just, you know, a, a, a snapshot. But in, in things like Breaking Bad and Peaky Blinders, two of my favourite things in the world ever, um, you see the character from the first episode to the last episode just completely changing, going on this massive journey. And um, me and Matt, my brother used to have conversation. I, Matt watched Breaking Bad long before me, and then I was late to the party. I started when the last episode had come out. So I'd call Matt after nearly every episode, and we'd spend about half an hour talking about all of it. He's a lot more philosophical than me as well, and he had a lot more. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Wow, yeah. And so, but seeing the character of Walter White change and Jesse Pinkman change. Anyway, I'm getting into too much detail. We're not talking about Breaking Bad. Gee, I forgot. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, and I love the, the stories of those in the Bible, Abraham, Joseph. Jo I love Joseph and that character arc and how he's bought and transformed by, the, by God and 
by the Spirit and by the experiences that he has and um, the choices he makes and everything. That God uses all of it to transform him. Um, and at the end of the story, we see a very different Joseph to at the beginning of the story. So um, it is, yeah, it's good. I love all of that. Um, Romans 8 verse 26, I think Rosemary shared this last month. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I'm so appreciative and grateful for that bit of the Bible because it shows that the, the Spirit has, he's not just, not just praying for us, he's got, it says groans, wordless groans. When mum was sharing earlier about praying for her kids, and I think we all will have been in situations where we've been praying for people that we love dearly who need God to work in their lives in particular situations. It kind of, the prayer comes from here, not, not here, it comes from here. And you feel like it's a wordless groan almost, that's what we get. And that's what I see the Spirit doing over us, is wordless groans. I, I hope the other <laughs> interpretation could be groans as in like, <laughs> and I'm sure there are times where the Spirit does groan over me in that way as well. <laughs> like, we're here again, John, okay, and a groan. But generally, I think it is the wordless groans from deep, deep within um, and so I am grateful for that. Um, the Spirit is working in us, and that, that is our lifeblood. That is the lifeblood of the church. Um, you know, we need the Spirit to be in us. That's what sets us apart. A.W. Tozer says, The Spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is a part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. It's not kind of a different level than the Spirit. is just a different level. The Spirit is is it. The spirit and the spirit-led life is the story, is the plan. So the spirit is the oxygen of the church. We need it all the time. Um, and what has the spirit called us to? Acts 1, 4, 8, when Jesus is talking about the coming of the spirit, it says, um, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the vision of the church, to be filled, consumed, uh, for the Spirit to indwell and empower and to, to make us look outwards, to send us out. This isn't the Spirit isn't just for us to hold on to and to feel all nice and mushy and, and enjoy it. Those things do happen, but they're there to then push us out. Blessed to be a blessing, we've already said earlier. And so that is what we're, we're called to do. I love that bit in John 16, verse 7, where um, Jesus is saying, Very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Like, that blows my mind, and over the last couple of weeks, that's blown my mind a little bit more, in that Jesus was... I always have thought, oh, wouldn't it be brilliant to have been like the disciples, have had Jesus right there, to kind of just follow him, to look at what he was doing, and, and just, you know, it would have been... And it would have been amazing. But Jesus said to his disciples, it is better that I go away so that the Spirit can come and dwell within you and transform you. But it's better for us. We're in, we're in that better situation now. The Spirit is, is in us. Um, and so in 1 Corinthians, it, it talks about you know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you. We are there. And we don't change ourselves. The Spirit changes us and transforms us with, from within. That is what it does. Um, there, 
there is nothing that we can do to really change ourselves. We depend on the Spirit to do that. There are things that we can do to position ourselves um, in a posture that allows better change. Um, I know if you've been a part of the, the Boiler Room, if you've been part of Proximity for some years now, we've, we've gone through this book a few times, Celebration of Discipline. We love this book. It's good. And it just goes through some disciplines, uh, prayer, confession, fasting, some things that you can do that, that just put you in a posture that allows the spirit God to change us um, and I'd encourage us all to, to revisit that a few times but we don't change the, the spirit changes us transforms us and community is essential for that I think we can all agree like there's been a good feel of community today I think this is family I remember when I used to pray with Theo and we'd talk about family praying for family and everything he'd always go right so daddy are we gonna we're gonna be praying for from like my family or my church family like that was you you're all included in Theodore's family basically and that's what it's meant to meant to be um and so yeah community is essential for us to fully experience the the fullness of the Holy Spirit um look back at your life and you will see how people have played pivotal parts in, in your life, in where you are now. I think if we were to go around the room and just talk of, about testimonies and, and why we are where we are, we would have Grace. When we, when we did the baptisms last week, Grace shared a number of people who had been really important to her faith and getting there. She had experienced the Holy Spirit being part of community. It's essential. It's part of the character and nature of the Holy Spirit as Trinity. Communities is part and parcel of it that is is what what he's all about um, and the baptisms were were really exciting and showed that perfectly um, but also Corinthians talks about the body the body um, the church body and and the manifestations of the spirit the gifts of the spirit and it talks about you know knowledge healing distinguishing between spirit, interpretation of tongues speaking in tongues and all of that there are there are many gifts that the spirit gives us but it talks about that being for building up the body as family we build each other up we have gifts we have things that the spirit has put within us um, to to so that we can all engage and really encounter the spirit in its entirety and that we can build each other up and that we can when it talks in in corinthians about when one suffers we all suffer when one is not there we all miss out and i don't say that just you know to, to make sure that everybody's there but just to let you know how important you are to us as body and when you're not here we miss out. Even if you feel like you haven't contributed much, you're contributing. It's, it's, it's full, and we, we experience that and we miss out when people are not here. So I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about people that are not here yet, that are going to be here, that are going to add fuller to that picture of the Spirit and fuller to our experience of that and how we benefit from that. Um, that's exciting um, and I think we do you know there are there are things that we do really really well and the body and community is good I've got just got a couple of examples just to encourage really of that and Rosemary again came to our family learning last uh, last month and she spoke about missional life and how God had um, challenged her about a missional life in, in various ways she shared that last month in encounter as well and so what we did was we had the kids, it was all on Zoom because everybody had COVID, and um, we were there, but 
She shared about uh, Burkina Faso. She shared about the challenge that somebody asked her to help them build a well so that people didn't have to walk miles to bring water back. We had our kids holding buckets of water on their head, walking around our gardens so that they could experience and understand a little bit of what that challenge was. And Rosemary shared about how when she was first asked to help with that, she felt daunted. It was like a big ask. But she also then remembered she's part of a body. And she came to, the, to proximity with that. And she came to another church and other believers with that. And, and together, as a body, we met that need. Ray, um, Rosemary was, was on the ground, hands and feet on the ground. But we were able to be the, the shoulders and the arms and, and put her there and support her there. She also shared last month about one of the reasons that there was a delay in her going to begin with first was because she wasn't part of a community that necessarily understood that. And that was part and parcel of what she had to wait for because the body was essential with what the spirit was asking her to do. The body is essential. We, we can't live in isolation. The, the spirit, the whole nature of the spirit is we are part of, part of a body. Um, and so that was fantastic. Our kids were like just engrossed. We ate mangoes and everything and, and it was brilliant to experience a little bit of Burkina Faso. But what really came out of that was our kids realised that they were part of something far bigger. That they weren't able to jump on a plane and go to Burkina Faso and build a well. But they were, able, they were just as much a part of that here as Rosemary was there. And she was amazing at sharing that and encouraging and inspiring our kids in that our kids are just as much a part of the plan for the holy spirit that the holy spirit has for us as as the adults are um i've just got a story of family learning again that uh during lockdown one of the biggest challenges i'm sure everybody faced or some of us more than others less so me but hairdressers you had, uh, you know, who was going to cut your hair and all the rest of it. And some of us uh, just shaved our heads. It was very easy. Um, others, Emma, had to bleach her hair on a regular basis and deal with roots. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so this was a little bit more challenging than just shaving off. And so there was one night when she said, right, it's got a little bit out of hand. I'm going to have to bleach my hair, John. Look after the kids. Oh, I'll go upstairs and do this. So... She went upstairs, started bleaching. She used to always, when she was, um, all the time when she was younger. And halfway through, a big dollop of hydrogen peroxide got in her eye. And it was really painful. Um, but um, she, she thought, right, well, let's get the important things done first. Let's finish bleaching the hair. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, so we're all part of one body. But if you're the eyes, Emma thinks you're less important than the hair in this body. Okay? <laughs> but... She, um, so she, she carried on, she did it, and then even after we'd bleached the hair, um, she then was like, washed it out a little bit and just thought, oh, I'll just go to sleep in the morning, I'm sure we'll be all right. And the following morning, we had family learning, um, so we're all getting ready, and her eye was worse, not better. And she called 111, and, uh, and they said, yeah, you should go to A&E. So she went to A&E, mum took her to A&E, me and the kids stayed for, for family learning. And they told her off, if you ever get hydrogen peroxide in your eye, it, it doesn't wash out, basically, it's quite dense, and it just sits on the surface of the eye, just burning it. So probably don't go, go to A&E, even mid-bleach, don't, don't hold <laughs> off. And so she went there, and they had to put saline solution on her eye. I think it was like seven litres worth of the stuff. Anyway, whilst this is all happening, so Emma's at A&E, she had to go to Southend, I think, yeah, the eye clinic. And Jess turns up on Zoom, family learning, and she turns up with a big black eye. 
We're like, oh, and she said, she said, uh, yeah, I said, what's happened to your eye, Jess? And she said, oh, this week I fell over, I think it was in the playground, or, or, and there was something that had literally hit you in the eye, Jess, yeah? Yeah. And it was really painful, wasn't it? It came up like a big black eye. And uh, can you remember what you said on that morning, Jess? Yeah. <laughs> so you really know how it feels. Now at the time, you didn't know that Emma was at hospital, but you came and you said, I've had a black eye, and I just thank God that it could have been so much worse, that I've still got my sight, it could have been worse, and I feel that God has helped me in this, and I feel that I should pray for other people with bad eyes. <laughs> so we were like, oh, that's good, because, well, not good, but we said, Emma's at hospital right now with bleach in her eyes, so can you pray for Emma? And so you prayed for Emma, didn't you? And you prayed for her, and she came back, and she was fine. That evening, she was fine. Now, that is the Holy Spirit working through Jess. And that was understanding something of the Holy Spirit has worked in me. And that isn't just for me. That is for the body. That is for me to pray. And God has given me authority to pray over certain things. And she did that. It was amazing, Jess. Well done. Now, even more than all of that, that's amazing in itself. That night, Jude, Emma came back and uh, said that her eye was all right. Jude, that night, Joyce reminded of me, me of this the other day when we were talking to Malcolm, that Jude came out and she, Emma was talking about it and Jude said, ah, God healed your eye. God healed your eye. So not only that, but there was, God was given the glory in that situation. God was given, so Jess was obedient and then gave God the glory for, and then my two-year-old at the time had understood something of that and gave God the glory. <laughs> It's amazing. So, um, yeah. So that is significant. Jesus said um, in John 16, talks about the Holy Spirit and he will bring to me glory to me. So that is significant. That is when the Spirit comes on the church and in us, we give God glory. We bring Jesus glory. That is, that is what what it is about. It's about lifting Jesus up. And that is what Jess did in that situation. So how can we see when the Spirit is working in us? Um, one thing that we can see is, is if we're giving Jesus, if we're bringing God glory. That is essential. That is uh, absolutely essential. I was thinking to myself and asking myself questions. Where in my life am I giving God glory? Where in my life is, is am I not bringing God glory. Um, and that was just challenging um, there. But then also we have that bit in Galatians 5 where it talks about uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we are filled with the Spirit and leading lives full of the Spirit, these things grow within us. Um, the Spirit bring these things forward. And, and this, apparently, the word used for fruit is not plural, it's singular. So we're not looking for just one of these. We're looking for all of these. Sometimes it might, might be easy to look, and, and some, some of our makeup might just make us more, um, you know, we, we might have more peace. We might have more kindness. We might, but generally, we're looking for all of these. That is when the Spirit 
is, is evident in our lives when the fruits grows. Um, Quok bought, we're in a season at the moment of, of fruitfulness in the allotment. Purple sparrow broccoli yeah, at the back. Quok bought this today. Fruit grows, and, and, but the growth of fruit is, is generally gradual. There might be seasons of great growth, and there might be seasons where there is instant growth, like Rosemary shared uh, last um, last month about the anxiety just leaving like literally overnight. Other times the growth is far more gradual, but it's inevitable and certain when the spirit is working. It might be gradual, but it, it is certain. It is it is absolutely certain um, that 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 is happening, and we should be looking at that. Also, one thing that I notice as I'm going through the fruits of the spirit is you can only really see a lot of these fruits when you are again living in community. When you're, when you're in a community, when you're with others, um, it is far easier. When I go through the bedtime routine at home, I will come across quite patient at 7.30 when my kids are in bed. <laughs> Look, rewind 30 to 45 minutes during the bedtime routine, I might be less patient. <laughs> you need to, to really judge this, you need to be with others, to be honest, and, and, and you can... You can help each other through that and you pray for each other through that we do that in community and um, but the fruit of the spirit is evident when the spirit is working in us as a church um, love is is essential uh, let me just find my place so yeah the the community is essential Glorifying God is essential. And with all of these things, with, with fruit, um, with the gifts of the Spirit, they are fantastic and they are to be desired. But the main thing is to desire God, isn't it? The main thing, Shaul was saying earlier, about what things do we put in the wrong order in priority. And Jesus has to be number one. Sometimes we put even good things ahead but just in the wrong place things that we should desire but sometimes they can become all we desire we really need to make sure that our main desire is relationship with jesus relationship with the holy spirit um, that um we don't look for the gift beyond the the giver um we've just been on holiday we've just come back from from Newquay, and it was a lovely lovely week away but you know we went sw swimming, we went to Eden Project, we went to St. Michael's Mount. We did loads of amazing things, but the main reason that we went was to be with each other. There's nothing better than having Jude on my shoulders and Hallie next to me, Theo kicking a ball in front of me and Emma to my side. That is the reason that we went. All the other things were great because of that, but the presence and spending time in each other's company is the most important thing. We could have been anywhere. Um, and we could have done anything, really, but being together is the important thing. Our desire should be to spend one day in his presence is more better than a thousand elsewhere. Yeah? And so that is the main thing. Just for balance, it's not always helpful to, to have like a, a Facebook uh, flash of a family picture. There was also downtimes on the holiday. It took us eight hours to get home. Uh, Theo at one point shouted, I wish we'd never come on holiday. <laughs> Jude and Hallie were screaming, 
Emma was looking at the sat-nav and seeing that every mile closer we got to home, uh, the time, arrival time was getting later and later. <laughs> at that time, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't the serene, lovely picture of family life that I could have just pulled over and walked the last 30 miles by myself. That would have been uh, fine. And then uh, swimming, swimming, uh, <laughs> swimming uh, changing rooms are another place where I think it's impossible to have a serene family life. It's just wet kids trying to get them dry. Jude was looking underneath to the next cubicle. <laughs> so you can't do that, Jude. You just can't. That's not acceptable. We have to breathe out of him a little bit. And then uh, Theo, Theo just shouted out, Daddy, you've got belly button fluff. <laughs> At the top of his voice. I'm like, oh my goodness. But the good thing is that you can hear every family having exactly the same issues. When you've got more than one kid, Hallie was dropping every bit of dry clothing in the wettest corner of the, of the, the changing room possible. And you just want to get back to the caravan at that point. But yeah, so just for balance um, there. But yeah, the desire has to be for, for Jesus. It has to be um, the, for, for presence, his presence. Um, and then in John 17, as we just kind of come in to, to a close... After Jesus has spoken about the Spirit coming on the church and on his disciples, um, he then says a prayer, which is kind of like his, his final, you know, final breath, really. You know, and when, when somebody says something on their, on their deathbed, it holds you know, lots of weight. And there's, there's not a lot of wasted words, are there? They're kind of to the point um, and important. Everything is, is kind of really said with importance there. And, and I was really drawn over the last few weeks to, to John 17, where Jesus prays for his disciples. He's just said, the Spirit is going to come uh, the, the, and, and will be with you. And it's better for you that he comes and I goes. Um, and then after that, he, sends, he says this prayer over them. And verse 11 uh, in John, he says, protect them. Protect them spiritually. He says, have the full measure of joy. Verse 13. In 17, he says, be sanctified by truth. Um, he actually says, you know, when he's talking about protection, he says, don't take them out of the world. They're in the world for a reason, but protect them in the world. And then he says about being brought to complete unity. And this is a prayer that Jesus prayed over his disciples and over the church. And this is what we need to be praying as well over, over us. Um, I believe that, you know, when, when the Spirit comes and when we're living Spirit-filled lives, there, there is opposition as well and so Jesus prays for protection spiritual protection physical protection we need to be praying that over each other and for ourselves we need to be have the full measure of joy the full measure of joy when I do things in my own strength one of the first things that I notice that goes is joy and we need to have the full measure of joy we need to be sanctified by truth um, we are called to be holy and set apart. We are called to be sanctified. That challenge never goes. Um, and so we are called to be sanctified by truth. We, we have to be open for the Spirit to highlight in us as church and us as individuals where we need to be more holy, where we need to, um, you know, just repent for things. Confession in celebration of discipline. He has a whole chapter on confession. It's all about just saying, God, I, I realize I'm, I'm not perfect, but I am really, really serious about drawing closer to you and being transformed by you.
Um, we are called to be in the world. We are called out, not to just stay in our little bubble. And we are, call, um, we are called to pray for complete unity. Complete unity. Um, it was nice hearing when... Uh, I can't remember who prayed for Timothy and Cara about um, being good brother and sister. Holly. <laughs> and that... Uh, what did you say, Holly? That Timothy would be a good brother... Yeah, exactly. Both of those things. For unity to be there, one, it needs us to be striving to be good brothers and sisters, good family to each other. But also, let's, <laughs> it also requires us to be gracious when people get it wrong. Both those things are really important. So forgiveness um, and grace is essential. Um, and also the, the starting point of, you know, starting from that point of trying to be the best brother, sister, family member that you can be and um, both of those things are really essential for unity and I think that's significant at the moment unity in the church in our church but beyond that as well is essential so um guys that's that's kind of where I'm coming to to a close what I'd really just like guys that you you two that got baptized last week um could you just stand up at the moment and can everybody else just, Danny and Grace, can everybody else just stand up with them? And look, let's just pray, like, a couple of minutes, just, let's just hold out your hands to them and just pray, pray for them. These guys have just stepped in to, they, they said last week how their relationship with Jesus has been far before this point of baptism. Um, but also, this is a significant point um, in, in, their, in their faith. Um, and so I just want to pray some of those things over these guys specifically, but over us as a church as well. And so I'd like, if everybody just joins in and just prays, you can pray out loud. Just pray for these guys, um, and I will just, uh, just pray as well. And then we'll, we'll uh, close for, for dinner. Yeah, God, I thank you for Danny and Grace. We thank you, Lord, that you have had your hand on them long before uh, last week, God. Um, and right from when they were knit together in their mother's womb, that you, you knew them, God. And, and Lord, we thank you for that. God, I just pray, Lord, that as they strive to put you at the center of their life, God, that you will, you will protect them. We pray for spiritual protection, God, for them. Lord, we pray, Lord, that um, that public declaration um, that they made last week, God, I just pray that you will protect that, God, that you will continue to work in them. Lord, I pray that they will have the full measure of joy, God. I pray that they will lead lives that are overflowing, God, with joy for them, for their family, for everybody that they come into contact with, Lord, that they will be known as people of joy, Lord. I pray, Lord, that they will continue to be sanctified by truth, God. Lord, we thank you that they are not the finished article, and we thank you that you are working in their life to bring them to that, that you will continue to sanctify them by truth, God. And I pray, Lord, that they will be blessed to be a blessing. Lord, that they will be in the world, God, that um, people will benefit from just being in their presence, God, as the Spirit overflows from within them. God, and I just pray that they will be um, set apart, God, and that they will be identified as peacemakers and people who are serious about unity and, and people that 
are serious about following you wholeheartedly and putting you as number one in their life. Um, thank you for them, God, and I just pray, Lord, that you will fill them abundantly, overflowing, and uh, that transformation that comes with that, um, and the fruit of the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit will be in abundance, God, um, but that their main uh, desire will be just to spend time in your presence, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.